Good morning, Grace Point. As y'all look down front and see Pastor Dell is not here today, but don't worry. You know he didn't leave us empty-handed. I stand up here to not introduce, but to welcome somebody who's been with us many, many times, has brought great words to us, and I know he's going to be bringing us one again this morning. We were in prayer this morning, the one that the elder said, I got a spirit of expectancy this morning. I'm expecting a great word this morning. And so as we rise and welcome Apostle Benny Calloway. Somebody clap those hands and rejoice in the Lord. That's right, give him some praise. May the Lord bless each of you this morning. We want to invite your attention to Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. And we'll begin our reading at verse 16. And I want to take a moment to thank um, Apostle Dale for this opportunity to minister the word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 50, beginning at verse 16. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, so they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, verse 17, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And verse 18 says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Verse 19, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day. Somebody say this day. To save many people alive. I'm preaching today by the Lord's help from the subject, the payoff will be worth the pain. The payoff will be worth the pain. And Father, we are so grateful and we are honored to have this privilege to minister the word of the Lord in your presence and in the presence of your people. And we thank you for the anointing of your spirit that will navigate and negotiate change in every heart and life as the word of the Lord goes forth today. And we thank you that by your spirit you will produce manifested and tangible change in all of our hearts and lives. And after this day we'll never be the same. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. We pray and we believe 
And all God's people said amen. Can you give God a praise while you take your seat? May the Lord bless each of you today. I want us to give God praise. Let's give some love to Apostle Dale and Gia this morning. We appreciate them so very much. God bless each of you, and so good to see everybody today. Um, before I go into the message, I did want to mention that I have my product with me today, uh, my book, Deep Awareness, a Framework for Progressive Spirituality. We have a, a table in the back. My girls are manning the table today. And um, if you want to get a copy <coughs> of the book, I'll be back there at the table after service, and I'll sign um, every copy. And I believe this book will be a blessing to you. It's a, it is a um, semi-autobiographical um, story of how I divorced religion. And I became more intimate with the God of my salvation. And you know why I divorced religion? Because of irreconcilable differences. <laughs> and when you come to know the Lord in a deeper and a greater way, religion will no longer have a place in your life. Tell somebody and tell them the payoff will be worth the pain. When we speak of payoff, we speak of the final outcome or the conclusion of a matter. And of course, when we speak of pain, we speak of suffering or discomfort of, of any kind, body, mind, and spirit as a result of illness or injury. The story of Joseph, the patriarch's life, is a testament to the faithfulness of God and his divine intervention on our behalf in that God will take the most unpleasant of experiences in our lives and he will have them to work in our favor when we learn to trust him and develop an attitude of optimism while we enter into it, while we walk through it, and most of all, when we come out of it. Joseph went from being a feeder of his father, Jacob's sheep in Sechem, to becoming the governor, the prime minister, the viceroy of the most powerful nation in all the known world at that time, which was Egypt. And it took every single solitary experience in his life to prepare him for this monumental task of managing the affairs of a nation that he wasn't even born in. But he would rule and he would have the skill and the know-how to save them from economic collapse and he would make Egypt an even more prosperous nation before he had any affiliation with it. And I think about how Joseph's introduction to pain began when his brothers expressed hatred and jealousy and 
resentment toward him when he became vocal about the dreams the Lord would show him at 17 years of age. And as a result, his brothers put him in a pit and would have initially starved him to death. But they later turned him over to some Ishmaelite gypsies that were passing through. And they would sell him to Potiphar in Egypt. Now, one principle that we can draw from this, oftentimes our introduction of pain will often come from the members of our own family and those who are close to us when they cannot understand what God is doing in our lives. You know, and I've been a fan of boxing ever since I can remember. And one of the keys to success in a boxer's life is the ability to have a spawn partner. And the purpose of the spawn partner, they're actually paid to beat up on the boxer. To prepare that boxer for the ultimate battle that he has to engage in. And so when we experience our introduction of pain, our family and our friends and those who are close to us, they are our sparring partners. You know, a lot of times we get beat up on at home. But the spawn prepares us for the ultimate battle that we have to face outside of our home. And so Joseph's brothers played this role in his life. But, you know, it, it, it amazes me. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can often fight and attempt to destroy and sabotage the very people God is going to use to bless us. Now, now th this is what we got to keep in mind. There's been a lot of preaching about Joseph, but one thing we have to keep in mind. Now, when... Joseph had these dreams, and he, had the, he, he saw the symbols of the sheaves and the planetary bodies. That dream he had not only included himself, but it included the members of his family. Now, that meant that when God showed Joseph this dream of blessing and prosperity, he had his family in mind, but he would be the lead instrument that God would use. You know, I've heard it preached that, you know, Joseph shouldn't have said anything to his brothers. He shouldn't have re revealed the dream, but it was important for Joseph to have told his brothers this dream. You know why? Because the Lord would reveal their part in it. See, everything you dream is not for you. Sometimes what you dream is for somebody else, but you're the lead instrument that God will use to help bring blessing and prosperity to those that are around you. But, but, but here's the thing. The reason why we have the battle and the fight among those who are close to us is because let me say it like this. 
There are times where God can reveal some things to you, that he's going to take you some places, and he's going to do some things in your life. And when you begin to share those things with people that are close to you, they become offended because they feel as though that somehow your elevation is going to exclude them. But if they hold on and wait and come to an understanding, they'll know that God has incorporated them in that that the Lord has revealed to you. Sometimes the people around you, they can't wait to hear the whole story because they immediately think about their own inferiority when God begins to reveal things to you. And you know, it's hard for people to want to understand your dream when they don't have one of their own. Now, you may not become the benefactor to dispense the blessing. But if you treat people right that the Lord is showing things to, you will end up being the beneficiary of the blessing. So when Joseph matriculated from Jacob's house to Potiphar's house to the prison to the Egyptian palace, as a ruler of a nation that wants to press him, the divine factor that kept Joseph's mind sane throughout this process of pain was that God was with him. That word with is a preposition which means nearness and connection. To be at close proximity. Don't look at your present situation and your present circumstance to cause you to disbelieve that God is not with you. In 1 Kings 20 and 28, it says that God, he's not just the God of the mountains, but he's also the God in the, in the valley. And just because you're in a low place, that doesn't mean that God is not with you. The fact that God is with you in the low place, that's an indication that he's going to lift you and he's going to elevate you to a high place. And God evidenced his presence in Joseph's life by prospering him in Potiphar's house, by managing his employees, calculating his payroll. Prospering him in the prison by managing the operations and interpreting the dreams of the butler, the baker, and the pharaoh. So this lets us know that you may never, ever live a pain-free life. Whether physically, mentally, emotionally, or situationally. But when God is with you, he will prosper you. And he will allow the work of your hands to flourish in spite of the pain. And people wonder, how are you still making it? With everything that you're dealing with right now, that's because God is with you. God will take you from your introduction of pain, and he'll bring you to a place of pain management. I might be dealing with what I'm dealing with, but God is still with me and he is still prospering 
the work of my hands. In Genesis 39 and 3, it says that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Genesis 39 and 23 says that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And that word prosper means to make progress, to advance, and to succeed. Now, pain is a teacher. Pain is a teacher. What pain does, it reveals to you that something in your life is out of alignment. And the Lord will enable you to get things back in alignment. So every time Joseph experienced pain, there was a subsequent payoff. Because the Lord's presence would accompany him and comfort him in his pain and he could go on a little further. And his pain took him all the way to the throne of Egypt. And he was favoring and feeding his family without them initially knowing who he was. And when you've had your share of pain in your life and God prospers you in spite of it, when you bless people, you will do it anonymously. You'll do it without fanfare. You'll do it without social media recognition. Because Joseph kept his identity concealed because they may not have received the grain in Egypt if they knew who he was initially because remember when Jacob sent his sons down there the first time and they got the grain Joseph the money that they were going to pay for the grain the Bible says that Joseph put the money back in the sack and so when they got home and opened up the grain and saw the money in there, some kind of way they were fearful because Joseph had not revealed himself. And remember when they came down again and when they went back, Joseph put the money back in the sack again. He took the silver cup that he drank from. He put it in the sack to give it to Benjamin. See, when you've been through enough pain in your life, you learn to bless people anonymously. There comes a time where your identity will be revealed, but God just wants you to be the blessing. Now, it amazes me that once Joseph revealed himself to them, he expressed nothing but love for them in spite of their mistreatment of him. The Lord gave Joseph a heart of reconciliation instead of him nursing a heart of hate and revenge. And that's evidence that the Lord will make you pain-free. The scars are only a reminder that you are healed and that you no longer hurt because the Lord has brought you through. Now, now think about it now. Only the Lord can bring you from your introduction of pain through the process of pain the management of pain, and ultimately freedom from pain. Now look in the text here in verse 16 and 17, it says, so they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your 
father died, he commanded us, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Now there is no biblical record that Jacob ever relayed this to his sons to give this message to Joseph. They thought perhaps because of the love and respect that Joseph had for his father, Jacob, that it would be a means to an end of brotherly strife. But it was obvious that Joseph had a heart of forgiveness because he blessed them every time they came to Egypt without him even revealing his identity. And that word for give, that word for means to be in favor of. Give means to release or let go. So when you forgive, you're saying, I am in favor of letting you go. Let me tell you what forgiveness does. It frees the offender and it frees you as the offended. So it was obvious that Joseph had a heart of forgiveness because when the brothers were sent to Egypt by Jacob from Canaan to buy the grain, Joseph showed favor toward them on every trip before revealing his identity. Joseph returned welfare for warfare. So let me say to you, when people give you warfare, turn around and give them welfare. Did not Jesus say that those that persecute you and you despitefully use you? He said, bless them. So when they give you warfare, you turn around and give them welfare. Oh, you'll get it on your lunch break tomorrow. Now, the brothers were in fear when they found out that Joseph was alive and was the governor of all Egypt. And even though they lied to their father for nearly 20 years, that Joseph was dead. Joseph left home at 17. He reunited with Jacob 17 years later at age 34. God gave Joseph and Jacob the 17 years back they lost with each other. And Jacob died the 17th year when Joseph was 51 years old. So from the time Joseph was 17 to 51, God began to work on reuniting and repairing the relationship. And how many know that a 51-year-old man, he has a totally different mindset than a 17-year-old man? So through that process of time, God began to work on Joseph's heart and work on Joseph's mind. Now think about it. He had been a slave he had been a prisoner. He's now the ruler of a nation. When that begins to happen, that softens your heart tenderly and expands your mindset exponentially. 
Joseph couldn't believe that they were still carrying the guilt of their wrongful past. And therefore thought that he was going to set them up for retribution. In other words, in the brothers' minds, they thought that Joseph was only being nice to them because Jacob was still alive. But they felt that after Jacob died, that it was going to be all over for them. See, Joseph's pain made him better and not bitter. It came to a point in his life where he left the judgment up to the Lord. The Lord had brought him through too much and promoted him to a place of prominence to still harbor resentment and hate in his heart for what his brothers had done years before. You know why? Because Joseph realized that God was in the plan by bringing him through the pain. Tell somebody and tell them no matter what you're dealing with, God is in the plan by bringing you through the pain. If you believe that, you ought to give God a praise. In other words, the destiny God had ordained for Joseph's life couldn't be accomplished in Canaan. <laughs> what God had for Joseph to do, he couldn't do it at home. So God had to use his brothers to push him out in order to push him into what God had for him all the time. You know, God will push you out of a place where you're being tolerated and he'll push you into a place where you will be celebrated. And the reason why some of you are frustrated and you're aggravated and you're discontent and the reason why you're having problems, all it is is a sign that God is trying to push you out of that environment push you from around those family members, push you from around those friends, push you from around those folk that you've been running with that haven't been doing you any good. He's trying to push you out so he can push you in to your destiny that he has ordained from the foundation of the world. And you ought to start praying a prayer, Lord, whatever it takes, push me out. Time is running out on the clock. I've got to move into my destiny. I have no more time to waste. I have no more time to keep running around in circles. I have no more time to keep spinning my wheels. Whatever it takes, push me out. If I got to leave town, push me out. If I got to get a new job, push me out. If I got to move on the other side of town, push me out. Whatever it takes for me to get to the place where you want me to be, push me out. And can I tell you this, when God pushes you out, he's not going to use nice folks to do it. He's going to use some ugly, nasty, low-down, dirty, conniving, hypocritical folks you've ever seen in your life. Just like God used Joseph Brothers to push you out, God will use people to push you out. 
Because if they're mean enough to you, it ought to make you do something. If they're nasty enough to you, it ought to make you do something. If they're conniving enough, it'll make you do something. If you're being mistreated at home and being mistreated on the job, God is just pushing you out so you can get down on your knees and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but whatever you choose to do with me so I can do what I need to do, push me some of y'all sitting there like you don't want God to push you. Joseph had to be pushed. The people who think they're hurting you, God is using them to actually help you. Become all that God has ever intended or has in mind for you to be. When your life is better as a result of it, there is no time, no room to be bitter. And Joseph understood that. He told his brothers in Genesis 45 and 5, he said, Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. See, you have to understand that your battle is bigger than just you. There's something greater at stake. And God has to send you before the people that he's called you to help. So if anybody's going to get pushed out first, it's going to be you because you had the dream. You saw what God wanted you to see. Look with me to verses 18 and 19. Are y'all getting anything? It says, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God. Now, when Joseph's ten brothers with the exclusion of Benjamin who had not been born at the time of these happenings or at least in his younger years when they saw their brother's reaction as they sought forgiveness they were able to recognize that they had already been forgiven in other words what they were asking for, it was already available, and all they had to do was receive. And it's just like us. There are times we'll behave ourselves that have violated divine principles. And when we think about what we've done, we carry around unnecessary guilt and condemnation. We cry, beg, and plead for the Lord to forgive us. And all the Lord can do is weep like Joseph did. Think about it. Now, his brothers came to him and say, will you forgive us for what we've done to you? And Joseph went off and wept. You know why? Because he had already forgiven them by how he exercised kindness. And I believe it causes God to weep.
when we constantly beg him for something that he's already given us. And he said, I just want you to receive it. Jesus paid the price legally for forgiveness to be possible. And Joseph is a typology of Christ. His brothers came to him, prostrated themselves before him. They said they would be willing to be slaves and work for Joseph, wait on him hand and foot to try to make up for the wrong they had done. For the rest of their lives. Which lets us know that you don't have to pay for forgiveness, but the price has already been paid. Joseph paid the price through pain from others in Egypt to forgive his, to forgive his brothers of the pain they initially afflicted upon him in Canaan. Jesus did the same thing. He came unto his own. His own received him not. As many as received him, which was a type of Egypt, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God, even them who believe on his name. So the dream is now being materialized, just like the Lord had showed it to Joseph over 30 years ago. It wasn't what the brothers had thought at the time Joseph shared it with them. And you never know the role you will play in somebody else's life and the role somebody else will play in your life. But pain has to be the ticket to our payoff. Think about it. Pain is a lot like death. It's unavoidable, but we always try to escape it. Every one of us in this room, we always try to avoid pain. But pain is unavoidable and it's inevitable. You have to walk through your introduction to pain. You have to get through the process of pain. You have to learn to manage pain and then ultimately God will make you free from pain. But it's your ticket for your payoff. Now, I'm sure that when they bowed before Joseph, he asked them to stand up and that they did not have to bow themselves before him. You know why? Because they were his equal, they were brothers. And because we have been forgiven by the Lord, he no longer wants us to bow before him asking for forgiveness, but Jesus wants us to stand up because we are his equal. Because our righteousness is equal to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Romans eight seventeen. it says, and if children... Then heirs, 
heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. That word joint means equal. It's kind of like when you go to the football game or go to the movies. When you get the ticket from the ticket booth and then you give your ticket to the usher, the usher tear off half. The usher keeps half, drop it in the box, gives you the other half. So if there's any discrepancy, you have proof that you paid to get in the movie. So when, when you went to the ticket booth to receive your salvation, the angels gave you your ticket, and so when you got in the presence of God, Jesus tore off half the ticket. He kept half and gave you half. Because your righteousness is equal to the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So he said, we're heirs of God, God, joint heirs of Christ. Then Paul said, if so be that we suffer with him. Somebody would say, well, Pastor Kevin, what are we suffering for? We're suffering for our stance on truth. Now, our pastor is preaching the message of the grace of God, and he's suffering for that truth. And if you are a part of him, you will stand with that truth as he stands with that truth, and you're willing to suffer along with your leader that religion has no place at Grace Point it has no place in your life and you're going to stand with your man of God as he preaches the gospel of the grace of God. Listen, you can't get the reward of grace if you're not going to suffer with the man of God as he preaches grace. Now, he's not going to tell you everything. As transparent as he is, but he's not going to tell you everything how he has to suffer because he preaches the message of grace. So if we're going to suffer for anything, we have to suffer for truth. It's okay to be talked about and criticized because the people that are doing it, they don't know any better. It it is our responsibility to exhibit and put on display the grace of God no matter how much fallback that comes when we stand on the truth of the word of God. It's one thing when people say they're with you, but it's another thing when people stand with you. God is our father. Jesus is our elder brother. Joseph told his brothers, he said, don't be afraid of me. Don't be intimidated. Don't be moved with trepidation. Don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells with me. Don't think that my father's death will somehow give me a chance to get you back for what you've done to me. How many know if Joseph wanted to get his brothers, 
they would have already been got. All Joseph could have did was bat his eyes and them Egyptian servants would have wiped them out. See, but grace, see, Joseph is a portrait and a picture of the grace of God. That shows you that that you can receive that's already been made available to you. And I'm hurrying. Joseph said, listen, God didn't put me in this place to, to judge you or punish you. Joseph said, I've been through pain a lot worse than you selling me to slavery. He said, because when I got to Egypt, I had a pretty good job. And my boss's wife was sexually harassing me. And I said no and I meant no. Like make a trainer say, my name is no, my address is no. Come on, don't look at me like that. Joseph said, y'all have no idea. He said, that woman kept pushing up on me, and I resisted. And I left my coat and ran out the house. He said, I can't do this. And she accused me of rape. And I went to prison for a crime that I didn't commit. And he said, and when I got to prison, I met these two fellows, the butler and baker. They had dreams, and I interpreted the dreams. You know, see, there comes a time that you have to explain things to people. He said, now, the baker got killed subsequently, but the butler got out, and I begged him. I said, man, when you get out, tell the king about me. Because I'm here, I'm wrongly accused, I'm completely innocent. And the Bible says that the butler forgot about Joseph. Have there ever been a time you needed somebody to help you? You helped them when they needed you. But when you needed them, all of a sudden they started suffering from a severe case of amnesia. He said, I stayed two extra years. And the Pharaoh had a dream. And all of a sudden, the butler remembered. (laughs) 
Genesis 40 and 14, the butler said, I do remember my thoughts this day. And in a moment, Joseph was called out of the prison. The Bible says he shaved himself and changed his garment. You know why he had to do that? He understood the culture. Egyptians don't wear beards. Joseph had a nice beard. And he had to dress for the job he wanted, not the job he had. And until you get there, sometimes you got to put a picture on your vision wall of where you want to go. And Joseph stood before him. And told him that interpretations come from God. Then his garments got changed again. The Pharaoh arrayed him. Took the ring off of his finger. (laughs) Put it on Joseph's finger. Put a chain around his neck which symbolized his authority. And the Pharaoh let Joseph know, he said, a man is not going to move in this nation without your permission. The Pharaoh told Joseph, he said, Joseph, basically you the man, he said, only on the throne I'm greater than you. In other words, you know what the Pharaoh was saying? On the throne, I'm going to look better than you, but you have the authority. See, it's one thing when you're seen, but it's another thing when you get things done. So Joseph had to tell them the story. He said, now listen, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, and Zebulun, it's all right. I'm not going to turn on you. I'm not going to seek revenge. I'm not going to get you back for what you've done to me. Because two wrongs don't make it right. Listen, God worked it out by working on me. Look at verse 20, and I'm quitting. Listen to what Joseph said. He said, but as for you, You meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day. Somebody say this day. day. To save many people alive. Joseph's brother's evil intent was overruled by God's divine intent. God didn't cause Joseph's brothers to commit this foul deed against him. But what God did do, he gave Joseph the wherewithal to push into his destiny. It was an ugly beginning, but it turned out to be a beautiful ending. The plot was vicious. 
But the promotion was victorious. They sold Joseph out to die. But God preserved him so he would live. Now, Joseph's brothers end up outliving him. But Joseph's faith outlived theirs. They needed his faith to carry on. So Joseph let him know. He said, the payoff will be worth the pain. He said it was about preserving your life and about preserving the life of the nation. Have you ever thought about, as we prepare to pray, have you ever thought about that some of your sufferings, difficulties, and challenges may be a means of God putting you in the best position possible to save the very ones who have given you the most difficult time. There comes a time that you have to quit fighting with people. Pastor preached a few, few weeks ago that we're not to fight, we're simply to stand. We got to stand our ground. But some situations are a means of moving you forward. Because some of us are living too comfortable, but we're not getting anything done to help anybody. So our comfort has to be disturbed. Because when our comfort becomes disturbed, it creates movement and activity. I can, t I can speak from experience just in January alone, Clint. January alone. January of 2018. Now, I just turned 45 Friday. January of 2018 was the worst January I have ever had in my entire life. But guess what happened? When I began to focus on helping somebody else and get my focus off of my own problems, my own pity, my own wife got to deal with this. I came to a place of rest and peace. Like Dar's Day said, and the Salah, whatever will be, will be.
And I'm going to tell you, as God is my witness, when I took that attitude, things began to fall in place. Things start coming together. Sometimes your only prayer can be just sitting in silence. Say, Lord, what is it that you are saying to me by my present state of affairs? And one of the things that's key Don't allow your present circumstances to rob you of your dignity. Because they don't take away who God has made you to be. You have to declare who you are in God, who God has called you to be. And you have to speak to your own future. Paul said, if our light affliction is but for a moment, but it works for us, a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, what if Joseph had a focus? He said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to never get out of this prison. What if he would have thought like that? But when he focused on doing his best where he was and God prospered him, that's when he got the call. He said, the, the Pharaoh calleth for you. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray. And I want to assure somebody today that your payoff is not far away. Your pain is profitable. And your pain is going to bless somebody's life. That's why it's important that when we come together, we pray for one another, we encourage each other, we love on one another. Because you don't know what people have to deal with. They're smiling at you. but they're crying on the inside. It's one thing to give somebody else a word and encourage them of what God is going to do. But after you give them that word, you ask yourself, Lord, what about me? And some of you today, you're working through your pain. Keep working through it. And this message, this message may not be for everybody. I mean, if your life is wonderful and everything is going your way, God bless you. I want to be like you. But for those of us who hadn't quite made it yet, 
we still have some stuff to work out and to work through. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. There's still some things that we have to work through that God's grace will enable us to get through. Ministry team, elders, would you come today? If you want prayer today, you want us to agree with you for God to give you strategy give you know-how, give you wherewithal. Lay hold to the word of the Lord today. And watch God work with you and work for you. I can stand here as a witness and say he's doing it for me. I've been like so many others. Lord, when is this going to end? But it does. And if you want prayer today, won't you come? When you learn to dismiss, let some things go. God will work on your heart where you can look the same people in the eye who tried to destroy you and bury you. And you can show them a divine love and a forgiveness. That is beyond comprehension. Would you lift your hands before the Lord as we pray? Father, we thank you for your word today. And it is our prayer that your Holy Spirit is accomplishing his greatest work in every heart and every life. that you would use every one of us to be Josephs in our families, to be Josephs to those you have called us and assigned us to. That through our dreams and the pain that comes with them, that they are for the benefit of somebody else. And we thank you and we praise you today that the payoff would be worth the pain. And we bless you for it in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you today. If you want prayer, you can come to the rest of you. You can see yourselves dismissed. May the Lord bless you.